Calgary guys talking Calgary sports. Pinder and Steinberg are only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. We have got a fun one today. The Flames and the Bruins as Calgary finishes off a homestand this evening. And you know what? Fun for a lot of different ways. From my perspective, getting the privilege to be at, at games, I'm excited to watch the Boston Bruins and the NHL's number one team. And if you're coming to the game tonight, I would imagine that, you know, there's some fascination in seeing that team up close and personal. The Bruins are an original six team. They come with an immense amount of history. And knowing all that, when they're in town, there's always a a pretty good Bruins faithful in the crowd. Pretty good uh, Bruins contingent, rather, in the crowd. But what's fascinating about Boston this year is that they can't seem to get any separation on the Tampa Bay Lightning for top spot in the Atlantic Division because prior to last night when the winning streak finally ended, um, it was a 11-game win streak for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the Bruins, who have won four straight, and the Bruins have won 10 of their last 11, doesn't matter. No separation. They've only got a three-point edge on the Tampa Bay Lightning for top spot in the Atlantic with even games played. Now, a little bit more of a cushion than there had been uh, thanks to the Lightning losing last night in Las Vegas, but goodness gracious, like the Bruins have been unbelievable of late, and they haven't been able to gain any separation on the Lightning. So for Tampa, or rather for Boston, you know, they're they're not only fighting for the president's trophy, and I don't I don't know at this stage of the game, knowing what has happened to President's Trophy winners in recent years, I don't know if that means a whole lot. I don't know if, you know, you, you really go all out to secure the president's trophy. But I do think there is absolutely some value in getting top spot in your division. And it's not just Boston and Tampa fighting it out for the President's Trophy in the number one seed in the East. They're fighting it out to win the division. And potentially the difference between, you know, and I I don't know how much Toronto scares people in round one, but knowing the high-end talent that the Maple Leafs possess... You know, if you're the Boston Bruins, you know, there might be a difference between playing the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one as opposed to playing Columbus or Florida or the New York Islanders or whoever they might play. I don't know. I just, I do believe there is a great deal of value for the Bruins in or the Lightning winning that division. And so for Boston, the opposition tonight, you know, I, I don't expect them to be necessarily off their game. I don't expect them to be uh, struggling with where they need to be because they know how sharp they need to be if they want to lock up their division. So that's keeping them sharp. Usually a team with Boston's record, eh, they might have a much bigger cushion, but not much of a cushion as it stands right now. As for the Flames, they don't have a choice. They have to be dialed in. They don't have a cushion at all. They're fighting for their playoff lives. When you take a look at it right now, Calgary's in the final wild card spot by points. They're in the first wild card spot by one percentage point on the Winnipeg Jets. You know, you've got Arizona, who granted have played three more games than the Flames, tied with them. Nashville, who's played two fewer, are only two back. Minnesota's only five back with two fewer, two fewer games. Like the Flames are. I think we know this. It's, this is not rocket science from Steinberg, but like we're talking about a tenuous playoff spot, so it doesn't matter if it's Detroit. Like The Flames go from one swing to another in their next next two games. They play the NHL's best team tonight, 
and by far the NHL's worst team on Sunday. But it doesn't matter who they're playing. They've got to come with the type of effort that is going to give them an opportunity to win. They've got to come with the type of effort that is going to get them two points. They don't have a, they, they don't have a lot of options to lose a ton of games in their final 21 here. So, you know, yeah, it's Boston tonight, but if you're Calgary, that, that really can't change the way you approach tonight's game because of how important every single point is. A lot of different ways. Fascinating, fascinating game tonight between the Flames and the Boston Bruins. We welcome you to Pinder and Steinberg. Happy Friday afternoon. That's two straight games, two straight days rather, where I have gotten the day correctly. Uh, it is a Flames game day for Country Hills, Toyota, Calgary, and the Boston Bruins. 7 o'clock face-off. 6 o'clock Calgary Flames warm-up right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan you can find this one on television both on Sportsnet West and on Sportsnet 1. What can we tell you about the lineup tonight? Uh, looks like it is going to be Yarrow Halak in net for the Boston Bruins. We know for sure that it's going to be Cam Talbot in net for the Calgary Flames. So Talbot's been playing some really good hockey. We've talked about that. And it looks like Halak's going to go for Boston on the first half of a back-to-back. -back. The Bruins are into Vancouver tomorrow to take on the Canucks. Other lineup notes for the Flames. We don't know exactly what they're going to look like tonight, but Derek Ryan, a game-time decision, although I would suggest that very good chance he does play tonight. I'm going on the assumption Ryan is in. Um, doesn't sound like if he does return, when he does return tonight, doesn't sound like he'll go right back to the middle on his regular line with Dubé and Lucic. Sounds like Bennett's going to stay there to start the game. That's the way that Jeff Ward was kind of talking this morning, the head coach. It's kind of the way Sam Bennett was talking inside the locker room. So looks like Bennett is going to stay between Dubé and Lucic to start. That would mean that Ryan probably slots in somewhere on that line with uh, Jankowski, and it looks like Tobias Reeder. That would be the guess, but again, until we see warm-ups, we don't know for sure. Um, looks like Buddy Robinson, Zach Ronaldo, Brandon Davidson are your healthy scratches tonight, but my assumption would be that you keep it Monaghan, Gaudreau, Lindholm. You keep it Backlund, Manjapani, Kachuk. Uh, sure does sound like Bennett, Dubé, Lucic will remain a line, and then that fourth line, some combination of Jankowski, Reeder, and Ryan. Ryan is what I'm going to guess. Again, Derek Ryan, officially a game-time decision, but he's been activated off of IR. So, you know, the, the guess would be, the smart money would be that, yes, indeed, he is in the lineup this evening. So that's what we're looking like tonight. Uh, from a Flames perspective, probably looking like uh, it'll be Hannafin Anderson, Brody Stone, and Shillington Yellison as your three D pairings this evening. Let's check in with the head coach, Jeff Ward, as the Flames get set to take on the Boston Bruins, a team that Jeff Ward went to two Stanley Cup finals with as an assistant coach, won a Stanley Cup there in 2011. A lot of history for Jeff Ward in Boston, and that's how he started this conversation with us this morning. Here's head coach Jeff Ward. Well, I'll tell you, when you, when you win together, you're bonded for life. That's for sure, so... There's a lot of uh, a lot of strong relationships for Luch and I on the other side, obviously, and it's nice to see uh, it's nice to see old faces um, since we don't get to see them that much anymore. Uh, so it's special that way. But yeah, it's uh, you know the rest of the day now is preparing for the game and making sure that we get off to a good start. Is there a Derek uh, update on him? I kind of skated again for the last three days in a row now, but how, how is he feeling and is he able to go? To yeah, I think he's, you know, he's feeling better. We're going to check again with, with Kent, so he feels after, uh, after the twirl today. So he's, uh, 
you know, he's going to be a game time decision, but he, we could definitely see him tonight. Talbot in net? Talbot's in net, yep. This road trip is uh, huge that's coming up, but before then, you've got to take care of some business at home where I know the message has been be harder to play at here on this dorm. So, as you close out this little homestand before heading out, how can you use this game here at home to kind of springboard that? Well, we're playing a good opponent, and we're going to be playing good opponents all week long. So, we know that we need to be at our best to have some success. So, I think that's going to be a good thing for us. Um, the fact that we're playing such a good team, I think being on the other side of it, you know, after we had won, we got everybody's best game the next year. I mean, everybody looks forward to playing the Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, I'm sure uh, our guys are looking forward to playing the Bruins. They're a good team. I'm sure our guys are looking forward to play Tampa. So, you know, that in itself should uh, motivate us to bring our best out. But we'll see. And uh, we'll bring that effort tonight, hopefully to springboard into the rest of the week. But, you know, right now we're just focusing on the first period. Make sure we get into the hockey game. Make sure everybody's in it. Uh, we're playing our game, and then we'll take it from there. Has anything changed or accelerated to have your captain out there for, uh, I know it's just an optional this morning, but was this kind of part of the plan? Yeah, part of the plan for sure. I mean, he's uh, he's ready to be skating again. You know, he skated the last three days, so uh, understanding that uh, he's not playing tonight, he needs to get out in the ice and, and get some work in, so he was out there today. Yes. Sam just kind of talked about how he's felt playing up the middle. I know you touched on it a little bit yesterday, but are, are you seeing you know something on him and, and being able to have the responsibility of playing up the middle and just that he's kind of thriving on right now? Yeah, he's been good. You know, he's uh, he's been scoring obviously. You know, since he's been at center, which is a good thing. Um, he's a bigger body, which gives us a little bit more of a presence down low in the defensive zone. He's able to to get into people and turn pucks over a little more quickly uh, at points. So. Uh, he's been uh, he's been playing really well there, and and uh, you know obviously uh, we're hopeful that that he'll do that again tonight. You know, with uh, with a quicker team that's uh, got some good size, um, he should be an asset for us uh, if he's playing well. Do you envision keeping him at center even if Derek is back in? Uh, day at a time there. You know, we'll see how that rolls. But uh, right now he's he's doing a good job there, and you know as long as. Uh, He's playing the way that he is. He's going to make us make a hard decision, and that's a good thing. There was a lot of talk a couple months ago when you compared Lindholm to, to Bergeron. Can you just ask about the second half of that in the sense of like when a coach sees similarities in a player, how do you try to help him kind of reach that level? Well, first of all, we're not trying to put any undue expectations on him. Um, we put him in situations where he's going to have success, and obviously for him, you know, he's a part of everything that we do. And I think we just allow him the room to grow into it, you know. So we don't talk to him at all about playing like Patrice Bergeron does. You know, we just want him to play the way that he plays. And uh, we're constantly reinforcing that with him. Um, trying to help him expand his roles in areas where we feel he can get better and reinforcing the areas where he's really good. So, you know, for him it's just a, it's a natural uh, sort of process. You know, he came here, he played on the wing last year. We had him at center this year. He really liked it. Uh, now he's back on the wing to help boy that line again. Um, but we feel he's got some real good versatility. We feel like we can play in anywhere up and down our lineup. He plays all situations for us. So for him, there's not uh, that much there except, you know, sort of steering him in the direction to where we see his potential uh, and what that means for him as a player on an everyday basis and then just allowing him to embrace that process and, 
and grow into it. Where, where do you see the growth there? Like what in, in the sense of when you talk about things you'd like to see him kind of improve a little bit at, where's the, where's the potential? Well, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's strong defensively, obviously. He's got a real good head for the game. But we feel like, and you've seen it the last two years, we feel like there was the opportunity to have better offensive numbers than maybe uh, he had in Carolina. So, um, you know, when he's come here, he's sort of starting to grow into that, and we want him to and encourage him to continue to explore that, continue to, you know, take opportunities to score. Um, and he's, he's done a good job of it. You've talked a lot about how it's easier to, for a center to go to the wing. Just when you have as many options and as many natural centers as you have, what type of benefit does that give you as a coach? Well, it gives you, you know, it certainly gives you some versatility in being able to, to change guys in and out. Um, you know, in, in injury situations, I think it helps an awful lot. Um, but outside of that, I mean, we're not, we don't place too much emphasis on that. You know, we've got a lot of guys who have played center, so we can fall back on that if we need to. But right now it's important that they play the roles and the positions that we have men on the ice. So, you know, guys who are playing the wall, we, we want them to immerse themselves in being good wingers. And guys who are playing in the middle, we want them to, you know, focus on being good at the center ice position. But knowing that we've got some guys that we can move around and plug in and plug out, uh, it definitely uh, helps when you get into having to decide on lineups in terms of who's fresh, who's maybe uh, a little bit tired, who's injured, who's, you know, so uh, it gives us a little bit more opportunity to utilize depth, and at this time of year, that's an important aspect. Head coach Jeff Ward ahead of tonight's game between the Flames and the Boston Bruins 7 o'clock faceoff. And, yeah, we're expecting at least to start the game that Sam Bennett will be in between Milan Lucic and Dylan Dubé. That's even with the expectation that Derek Ryan does return tonight. Again, all signs point to him playing tonight, uh, and he's been activated off of IR, so I would suggest that it's a very good bet that Ryan is in, even though he is technically a game-time decision. But Sam Bennett, big goal against the Anaheim Ducks on Monday afternoon. He's been playing some pretty good hockey, and he's been looking. I've liked him the last couple of games down the middle between Lucic and Dubé as Peter Labardi is caught up with Sam Bennett inside the Flames locker room this morning. Sam, there isn't uh, a player in the world who doesn't enjoy scoring and contributing. Things have gone really well for you as of late. Has there been any significant difference to maybe why that's been the case? Um, I mean, I think opportunities... Uh, a, a big thing um it's it's all about t- trying to take advantage of it when you get it and uh um you know i'm enjoying playing center right now so um a little combination of that and then once the conf- confidence gets going it uh makes it a lot easier how about playing with the two guys that you've been playing with how's the fit been it looks like it's been good yeah it's been great they're they're awesome to play with um you know, Luch is, is, is so good on that forecheck and, and getting pucks back. And, um, you know, we're working well together. Me and Dubes and, you know, little give and go, split, give and go plays, I think, uh, has worked for us so far. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really enjoying playing with them. How about this test that you face tonight? Obviously one of the best lines in all of the sport and a team that uh, you don't get to where they are if you're not pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're well aware of uh, the talent and, and the skill on that team over there. So they're a great team, and this is going to be a, a real big test for us to uh, you know really show up on, on home ice. Sam, one thing that's really impressed me in the last couple of games is how effective you've been in the middle. Now, I know you've taken lots of draws and you've played lots of center. Uh, what's kind of been the key for you in that neighborhood? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm not overthinking it. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident playing center. I've, uh, I have played a lot of center in the, in the past, not, not a lot recently, but uh, I think it's just just knowing that I that I can play there and being responsible down low and uh, using my speed, I think that, that helps. And so much of it is, I mean, that's the first 50-50 battle you always have, so being strong and determined, it's not everything in the face-off circle, but I'm guessing it helps. Yeah, it does, for sure. I I mean, it's face-offs are huge in this league, and um, you know, it is, it's the first battle of the shifts, so you've know, you got to win that, and uh, they're important. That is Sam Bennett in conversation with Peter Labardius from this morning. Bennett and the Flames take on the Boston Bruins tonight. It is a 7 o'clock face-off right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. A couple of other notes. Uh, you heard Jeff Ward talking about it. I did want to uh, make sure through this out there. Uh, Mark Giordano did skate with the group as part of an optional morning skate today first time Giordano has been out there now no contact in morning skates so they're not full-on battle practices or anything like that but to see Giordano go through all of the drills skating drills shooting drills uh, all those types of things definitely another good sign when it comes to Mark Giordano I, I very much believe that this is a player that is going to return on the road trip. I still think Travis Hamannick is um, a ways away from returning. I'm, I'm not really expecting to see him anytime soon. But you know, I, I right now the the target for me, like I, I would circle that Nashville game as as a potential return for Mark Giordano. A few more practices in there, a few more game day skates. I don't think it'd be crazy if on the back half of this five game road trip, Nashville or into the back to backs in Florida, if we saw. Mark Giordano returns. So he did skate. He was out there as a full participant in a morning skate. But again, until you see him go through a couple of actual full-on practices and start to take a little contact, um, that that remains a little bit of a question mark. And the other note would be that for Boston, uh, they have made a trade ahead of the deadline. It will not affect tonight's lineup. Andre Kasha has been acquired from the Anaheim Ducks by the Boston Bruins. Going the other way, prospect Axel Anderson, a first-round pick, and David Backus, the Bruins retain. 25% of Bacchus' salary and yet still are getting a salary break by acquiring Kasha, who has got one year left after this year on a deal that pays him under $3 million per year. I really like that deal for Boston. They're able to offload the Bacchus salary. They're able to bring in Andre Kasha. They don't have to pay a massive premium to do it. There's another one of those young right shot forwards off the market. The only question about Kasha is his health and, and his ability to stay healthy, but I really like that acquisition for Boston, and I'll say this about you know some of the trades that Don Sweeney has made. Uh, not a lot of uh, moves that don't fit when Sweeney makes them. I mean, look how good Charlie Coyle fit in on a run to a Stanley Cup Finals. So I like that acquisition a lot for the Boston Bruins. Kasha will not play tonight, however, as he's still hurt. He'll be back on the ice and, and do a skate with them on Monday. But no Kasha tonight, no Kasha tomorrow for the Bruins as they're in Calgary and Vancouver, respectively. Don't forget, our NHL trade deadline coverage goes wire to wire on Monday. It's brought to you by Adrenaline Source for Sports, the midwinter hockey sale is on now. Huge markdowns on skates, sticks, and equipment. 9309 McLeod Trail South. Let's check in on some goaltending with our guy Brent Cron coming up next. Pinder and Steinberg underway. Happy Friday. Happy game day on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Pinder and Steinberg in the afternoon. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 
Hi, hi, Brent. Did you have FM radio growing up in Winkler, Manitoba? I did, buddy. I lived close to Winnipeg. You guys have kept me on hold for five minutes while I had to listen to you two mud fences talk about Love Inc. It was, it was, I was about to hang up, to be honest with you. You're an American Hockey League star. Such morons. We need to grow a set of stones here. Well, he sounds like my career, minus the two Stanley Cups. Tire fires, gas cans, the list goes on for you two idiots, but you know what, I do have fun when I do get on, so I have a bunch of other names for you guys too that obviously doesn't make it to air. Did any of the current and former NHLers know who you were, or they just like, who's this guy that they got off the street to play goal? Everybody, every, everybody knew who I was. How could you forget a first round bust? Exactly. Oh, that was high-level drive-by stuff right there. I give you credit for that. Yeah. Now, what is it uh, with you and Will Nault? Well, I just he sucks. <laughs> there it is. You know, Fair enough. I yeah. just it's simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long you been holding on to that one? That's, uh, that's breaking me down into the fetal position right now. And that is your NHL goaltending gold analyst. Yeah. yeah. Well. Now we can say hello to Brent Cron, our NHL goaltending analyst. Croner, you don't get an intro like this on the morning show, do you? Like you, you don't you don't get that type of treatment when you when you're on in mornings. Like yeah, let's 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 not forget who loves you here. Well, that's the thing too. I I made sure that it was going back on because I I do love that that montage. It is good and it could could Croner. maybe do it with a little bit of an overhaul. But I tell you what, it puts me in a good mood no matter how I'm feeling. Jacks me right up. I'm happy that I could add something to your uh, to your Friday afternoon. What what does uh, this Friday afternoon consist of for the hardworking Brent Cron? Well, you know, I I do make it look easy. That's one of my skills, right? It's it's probably hard for for most most people in my position, but I the the strength I have is that everything that I do, I just make it look effortless and seamless. And so today, I'm doing what I do every day. I just I'm working my ass off. You're at Barcelona Tavern, aren't you? No. I'm not. You hear loud music. Do you hear Latin music in the background? Do you hear? Well, you're courteous. He'd still say, step hey. out and he'd still no, step out and no. And, I am. No. I am literally just finished a meeting. I actually blew him off for you because we have more important things to talk about apparently. And uh, and All listen right. to me talk right now. I, I have. I'm talking at a normal rate. I'm I'm very careful with my words. My pronunciation is great. And I'm just here to carry the show once again. Well, let's uh, let's put the show on your back then. Uh, I like it. I like the commitment. Cam Talbot, uh, Cam Talbot, starting in net for the Flames tonight. What do you uh, what do you make of that decision? And more importantly, what do you make of the way Talbot has been playing over the last little while? I'm I'm not overly shocked, but I just assumed that they'd naturally just throw Riddick back in. I I, I really did. Um, on the uh, on the morning show this week, I know uh, Jeff Ward had said Riddick is is our guy, and and you know they kind of stick by him, and they're trying to push Riddick over this hump here to become a number one goaltender to be able to play number one minutes, and and I'm I'm really shocked when I found out that Talbot was starting. I was a personally, I was actually pretty pretty excited. Uh, I thought they should have uh, kind of pulled this move maybe a bit earlier, giving him a few more starts. But this is a big feather in Talbot's cap. I, I'm I'm and guessing he feels the exact same way. Best team in the National Hockey League. Uh, lots to prove tonight. There's there's obviously lots on the line. It's uh, you know Calgary's battling for a playoff spot. Calvin has given them obviously better games at home as of late, and and as we've seen on the Sportsnet broadcasts, they've they've brought up the, since the stick flip with David Riddick what his numbers are, and 
and his home record is, has not been not been fantastic. So, you know, I, personally, I thought they were going to go back with Riddick tonight. Now hearing that Talbot's starting, I think it's really good for him. He's been, you know, he, his, his demeanor is, is a big attraction for me. He's very calm. He's very poised. Uh, you know, that obviously that Monday game against Anaheim, he wasn't tested a, a, a whole bunch, but, uh, you know, he, he, he was there when he was called upon and ultimately won the hockey game. So now tonight's another big night where, you know, the Flames got to come off right off the start. They got to they got to battle for this game. They got to got to take hold of it, and they're going to need their goaltender to be their best player. And uh, I'm I'm happy he's starting, and I think he can do the job. I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it tonight. So where does that put Riddick for you in the stretch drive? Like Talbot is getting the start here against the NHL's number one team, but we know that Riddick's going to get plenty of time down the stretch as well. What what's big or what's going to be key for Riddick here in the final stretch of the season? Well, not to overthink things, right? I mean, his his big thing right now is he can't get caught up in numbers. I mean, his home records obviously been, or his home stats have obviously been broadcast enough. Um, getting on a road, going on the road trip here for the next five games after this Boston game tonight. I mean, that is absolutely massive. Uh, um, he he's really strong on the road. He's uh he's uh he's really uh, uh comfortable on the road. Uh, you give Talbot the start tonight, and then you. You know, you, you get out there and you don't have to think. You're in a hotel. You get to focus on hockey. That's all you really got going on. Um, and he, he's comfortable. So for him, he just got to make sure that, that it's just one game at a time for him. And, and sometimes you have to break the game down in segments and, and just battle between uh, TV timeouts and just kind of slow the game down for you. Because if you look at the grand scheme of things and you start, you know, looking at your component or your, your opponents and you start, you know, circling this game and circling that game and over, you can think yourself to death. You can you know, watch too much video, you can analyze too much, and sometimes you just need to, to get away, and that's exactly what the Flames are doing after tonight. He's getting away, he's going on the road, able to focus on the game, and he's been really good on the road. The Flames are going to need him down the stretch, and I'm curious to see if he can push through this hump. He's played more games now than he ever has, and there's still 20 games remaining in the season. So they're, they're, they, the expectation is obviously very high of the organization, but it's probably even higher with, with, with David himself. He wants to be that guy. He wants to be able to play those those top minutes, get in the Getting the 55, 60, you know, game mark and and really be a, a a top performer and a key contributor down this playoff stretch. But they are going to need Talbot. Um, I thought that he's been a little underutilized so far, but uh, but Riddick is obviously the the, the number one guy. They want to get him going, and this road trip will be key for him. And I'm sure he'll find his way. With Brent Cron, our NHL goaltending analyst, joins us this afternoon on the program. Hey, this this Boston tandem has been pretty darn impressive. Looks like Yara Halak's going to start against the Flames, which would put Tuka Rask in net tomorrow against the Vancouver Canucks. You know both these guys pretty well. Specifically, uh, you've been a big-time appreciator of Rask over the last number of years. This is the number one goaltending tandem in the league. There, there's no doubt about it. What, what jumps off the page to you about what Boston's able to do with Rask and Halak. Well, there, there's no real drop-off. I know that, that Rask has played, I think, about 10 more games than Halak, and goals against and save percentage are a bit better, but they're, they're not losing anything with Halak and that. He, he, he could be a starter on, on, on some other NHL teams. He's been a starter in the past before. He, he's, he's a consistent goaltender that gives you solid minutes, and, and, and Rask, I mean, if you look at his career, there's always been a point where he's, he's kind of fallen off the radar or had some issues during the season for about a month and a half where they've really relied on a backup goaltender or a 1B goaltender to come in and pick up the slack. And so the Boston Bruins are, are, are in a very fortunate position having two guys that can play in this league, two guys that can steal you games, and two guys that are, are bona fide number one goaltenders. They seem to be working well together. 
they seem to get along. It's obviously very competitive too. They both want the net more, but but that team is just humming from 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 the forwards to defensemen to to goaltenders. They 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 seem to have it all. The the best of the best, and and the Boston Bruins have been a very good team for a long period of time. And goaltending has been a big part of that. And 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 like I said, the drop off isn't there. I mean, you don't. If you don't start a rask, that doesn't mean that uh, that the Boston Bruins changed the way they play the game. Yarrow Halak is is a is a great goaltender in this league, and he's done well for so long. And the, the Bruins are lucky to have him. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about you know just the overall philosophy of this time of year when it comes to goaltending and and making a trade at the deadline. For instance, Robin Lehner's name has been linked to a couple of teams. He's having a really good year in Chicago, and people are saying, hey, you know what, there's a chance that, that maybe a team goes out and acquires Lehner prior to the deadline. But I'm curious as to what, because uh, we don't usually see that end up having a lot of success for the team that acquires a goaltender at the deadline. Is it more difficult to go into a team late in the season, specifically in this position? Yeah, it, it, it's tough no matter what position you play. There's a there's an expectation from the organization bringing you on that you're supposed to be able to get the team to that next level. And then as a player, you have pride. You want to be that contributing factor. You want to be that player that that takes – the team that you get traded to over the edge, that you were the defining factor of how they got there. And so as a goaltender, a lot of things are outside of your control. You can't try harder to stop the puck. You can't do more to stop the puck. It's almost the reverse where you have to think less and just let allow things to come to you. And so it's it's very difficult. I mean, I think one of the last times I can remember a trade at the deadline was Ryan Miller when he was in Buffalo and ended up in, yep. in St. Louis, and that didn't go over very well. It just He looked like he was almost trying too hardy. He was frustrated with himself and, and giving up some poor, poorly timed goals. It's definitely a gamble. The goaltending position is, is obviously a very tough one to read at any level, whether it be the draft or, 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 or whatever situation you put them in. It's, you're not sure sometimes what you're going to get. But Leonard, he is, he's very emotional. Uh, Elliot alluded to it this season here where I, it sounds like Leonard wished he would have kind of had a deal done already with Chicago at this point because his play has dropped off a little bit. He hasn't been as dominant. He does look like something is on his mind, and it could be, and it could be uh, uh, the fact that he doesn't have a contract yet for next season because we all remember you know, he played well under Barry Trotz in the island, and he, you know all the interviews after the season where I want to be here, I, I, I can't wait to sign my contract, and then they didn't give him what, give him what he was looking for. And he got a bit pouty, and not not in a bad way, but you could tell he was just openly disappointed. And then he ends up in Chicago, and he signs his one-year deal, and and now he's he's looking for term. He's looking for term. He's looking for stability. And 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 you know, the, with the Blackhawks, they have that nostalgia. And Corey Crawford, he's won two Stanley Cups with the organization, and 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 I mean, he's been the backbone of that hockey club for a long time. And so you basically have two goaltenders now in Chicago that are, are unrestricted after this season, and what they're going to do? Who do you get rid of? What's What's going to happen? I can't see Leonard moving at the deadline, and I can see him also. You know, he he's also. A, I don't know if he's got the stamina to play a lot of minutes, right? He, we saw him. He played about in the mid 40s last season. You know, and he looked like he got tired in the second round of the playoffs last year. He's a big body, doesn't move a ton, but it takes a lot of energy to move move around. And now I, I just, I, I I was almost thinking that that Corey Crawford should end up in in, in Colorado for the short term, and the and the Blackhawks should resign Leonard just moving forward, but. But we'll see what happens. I don't think Leonard's going anywhere. Okay, and and so are you? You're not necessarily a believer in him as a a full time number one guy, hey? No, I think he needs support. I really do. Uh, he he had Thomas Grice in, in in New York 
with the Islanders there. And I mean, he's a good solid one B goaltender and they can feed off each other. And then at the, you know, at the come playoff time, obviously he's ready to go, but he's a big body. It takes a lot of energy for him to move around the net. And emotionally he's challenged too, because he does expend a lot of energy on his emotions throughout the game. And, and he's just looking for somebody to believe in him. And, and he's had, you know, a really good season in the Island. He's had a strong seat showing in Chicago. But I think what he's really looking for is term, and, and, and people teams aren't giving him what he's looking for at the moment, and I think that's bothering him. Well, it's a, a fascinating story to watch. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Laner in Chicago in his long-term future. Good stuff, my friend. It is a pleasure hearing from you, as always. Uh, are you what, What's your what's your schedule like on the morning show going forward? This is always something I'm curious I'm, about. I think I'm on next week. And then, uh, and then after that for a bit too. I think the week after I'm on, and and then we just play it by ear, see how she goes. I just get I just get a tap on the shoulder. Kirsch says, "Hey, you're in." I say, "Yep, works for me. Let's go." So it's all up in the air, buddy. All up in the air. Of all your coaches, um, where would Kirsch rank for you? Well, I, uh, at the bottom right now because I don't know him all that well, right? <laughs> Um, you just leave it at that. You don't need to give any yeah, excuses. He, just at the you know, bottom. Yeah, he hasn't lost his mind on me yet. He hasn't screamed at me. He hasn't uh, stood on the bench and screamed at me and told me that I'm, I suck. Uh, he hasn't also propped me up and told me I'm awesome yet either. So I really don't know where I stand, right? I just, I, I was just, it's a feeling out process. We, we aren't too familiar yet. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm curious to see how that uh, plays out. For the meantime, though, I'm just going to go on the fact that he's the worst coach you've ever had at the bottom, and then we'll just uh, leave it at that, and uh, that'll make my day. I appreciate that. Only one place to go but up, right? That's the only way we can go, right? Start at the bottom and move your way up. <laughs> Good point by you. Uh, thank you, Crowder. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, pal. All right. Take care. See you later. That's uh, Brent Cron, our NHL goaltending analyst. He joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The same secret recipe since 1975 for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 and find them at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. This is Pinder and Steinberg on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Time to turn up the heat. These are three burning questions on The Steinberg Show. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Riley Pollock, what do we got on this Friday afternoon? Lots of hockey talk, lots of trade talk, uh, but not this one. Cam Talbot gets the start tonight. If he has a big game against the Bruins, say they win and he only lets in one, two goals, looks really good. Do you think he has the opportunity to take over the starter's role over this five-game road trip? I have starter's role in quotation marks there, too. Um... Do I, could I see him getting the majority of the games? Yeah, I could. Absolutely, I could. Right now, I, I think the Flames have got to be very wary of who gives them the best chance to win on any given night. And if that is Cam Talbot, and, and if he's the guy that is is clearly the better of the goaltenders, then I think you got to make sure that, that he gets the starts. So, yeah, I, I think that there's absolutely that opportunity. Um the way he's playing right now, he will have earned that opportunity. Uh, he's been he's been really good for this team, and and especially over the last little bit, he's been pretty good. So yes, now do I think that they're going to at any point this season come out and say that this guy or that guy is the number one goaltender? No, I'm not expecting that. I I don't believe that is anything that we will see this season. However, I do believe that we could see Talbot getting a good chunk, like, you know, 60% of the games on this five-game road trip. That wouldn't surprise me at all, the way that he's played of late. All right. Uh, 
sticking with goaltenders, this one more of a fun one that I kind of just heard from Eric Francis on the Hockey Central at Noon show. He brought up that there might actually be something to talks of Carey Price possibly being traded while he was on the show this afternoon. Uh, What do you think the percentage of Price getting traded is and what kind of package do you think the Habs would need to get in order to move him? Um, well, I just can't. It is so hard for me to see a team being willing to take on the amount. It's not even just the money with Price. It's the amount of time left on that deal that is so scary and and would make it so prohibitive for me. So that's that's why I am skeptical that we would see Price ever getting moved, even though I'm sure the Habs would be very much interested in making that happen. I just don't know if there's a team out there that knowing how, like, look, I think more and more people are getting awoken to the fact or aware of the fact that goaltending is anything but a perfect science in this league. In fact, it it probably is closer to a guessing game than anything else, and especially when you're talking about long-term contracts for that position, they're just not advisable. So, because Carey Price is on a long-term contract and because that is such a scary thing going forward, I, I don't know how many teams would be interested in actually taking on that deal. So I would be absolutely stunned if the Habs were uh, actually able to move a guy. I'm not saying that they aren't interested, but I would still be stunned if they were able to move him. Yeah, just thoughts of him being on like a Colorado or something. Uh, stress you know, someone who's in the Flames area out, I'm sure, because that Colorado team would be gross if he somehow managed to make it on there. But, yeah. I don't even, like, Price has been good this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, But is Price a no-questions-asked elite NHL goaltender? Uh, I don't know if he's there. He's pretty close. Um, I mean, this year he's sitting at a 9-10 save percentage, so I, I, I would put him right now, over the last couple of years, I would put him closer to the middle of the pack than I would of the elite group, but still pretty good goaltender. I just don't know even if, like, even a, a team like you talk about in the Avalanche, does does that make a lot of sense to, as much as they have some goaltending questions and as much as we don't know what Grubauer's status is, are they willing to have that type of money, even if Montreal eats part of it? Are they willing to have that type of money invested in a goaltender? I'm, I'm just skeptical that they would be okay with that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and finally, the Bruins pick up Andre Kasha from the Ducks for a first, yep. Bacchus and Axel Anderson. I feel like the Bruins fleece the Ducks in this trade. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they they did a pretty good job here. I, I'm a pretty uh, I'm a pretty big fan of this deal from a Bruins standpoint. They're bringing in a player that you know has been has been out for the last little bit, but I, I think that will absolutely be just fine um, come the stretch drive and and when they're looking for him to play. I mean, and and more than anything else, he seems to seems to hit or 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 fill the void that so many teams have right now and that is that right shot forward um right shot winger that seemingly everybody is coveting right now so yeah i think they did a really nice job i mean they didn't give up an a-level prospect they're giving up a late first round pick and they're getting david back as his money off the books like i love this deal for boston i really do and you know they this is a this is a bruins team there's no question what the mandate is the mandate is 
Bruins are going all in. They want to win a Stanley Cup. They, they were in Game 7 of a Stanley Cup final a year ago. This is a high-end hockey team that could win a President's Trophy. Like, if you're the Bruins, there's only one thing that you're focused on, and that is potentially winning a Stanley Cup. So what does your first-round pick matter at this point? So, yeah, I, uh, I, I like this move a lot for Boston. I, uh, if it's not being fleeced, it's pretty close. I'm with you there. All right, that's all I got. Those are three burning questions on a Friday afternoon. Be tuned in between 5 and 6 o'clock on the Sports Drive at 5 for Inside the NHL, brought to you by Calgary Co-op. Calgary Co-op's Me Wards offer exclusive coupons to your inbox every week. Sign up for yours at calgarycoop.com slash me dash Words. Those would be coupons, not coupons. Uh, well, i got to get my hand on some of these coupons. A copain is a friend in French. Uh, tu es mon copain. You're mon ami, Pat. Uh, tu es mon ami et mon copain. Okay. Uh, we are live from the Better Business Bureau Hot Stove Lounge on this Friday afternoon. It's a game day, but I'm going to float a Flames trade deadline question to Mr. Pinder oh to kick things off next doesn't really fit in who says no, which we'll do a little bit later on. That's why I'm going to do it to kick off the uh, 2 o'clock hour next. Pinder and Steinberg rolls on. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.